0: Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn B we're looking back at Wednesday. No, Thursday. It's, we, we did Wednesday yesterday, you silly goose. Uh, we, we've got uh, Leighton's worried about labour and spending and all that sort of thing. Uh, we also need to uh, talk about uh, whether anybody gets a lunch break anymore. And then we're going to finish up with a bit of a movie review from Marcus. But before any of that, uh geez, the markets took a real tumble yesterday in the US. The reason's full for the pullback. What do you see in this?
1: Well, I mean, if you want to take the if you want to take the calm point of view is that these markets, especially the US, not really Asia or Europe, but in the US, the markets have been up, you know, 44% since Donald Trump was elected president. So we've given a little bit back. So now they're only up 40% in less than two years. I mean, And also, I have to remind everybody and your listeners that, you know, it's not allowed to go down, too. You know, we've we've raised a generation of traders and investors that have only seen this slow march higher. They've only seen really low interest rates. And they've seen a lot of low volatility. But, you know, that's really not been the case in my 31 years in the business. You know, you're going to have some volatile times. The markets are going to pull back. And that's okay because markets are allowed to go down so we're going to be off again a little bit here um again here in the uh in the uk and the u.s but at the end of the day um these these aren't crazy crazy moves we're off probably about six percent from our highs and i think that ultimately sometimes it's good to shake things up a little bit to get some of those maybe weak or not convicted traders out of the market so the market can be healthy and slowly but surely recover and carry on
0: its way. Right, so I'm glad um, we, we've got that all sorted for you. That was Scott's utility there. He's the guy who wears the suit that's made out of what appears to be cow print. So, I mean, if you can't trust him, who can you trust? So I always always trust people dressed in cow print. It's my theory. Uh, right. Uh, Leighton's having another uh, moan about Jacinda and spending and stuff like that. How have we been pleased over the years?
2: I mean, let's leave governments out of it and councils out of it. Because they're the leading fleeces, as far as I'm concerned. So we've got um, telcos, petrol companies. Uh, we have been fleeced from time to time, I'm guessing, when it comes to um, food. I'm not sure that we are at, uh, at this particular point of time. Um, Energy is another one. What else can you think of? There, is, there has been many different ways that we have been fleeced now. Is it avoidable? And the answer may well be yes, but let me come back to that. We are a small country down the um, – we're a benign little little country down the bottom end of the world. We're in a benign part of the world. I've forgotten how Ms. Clark put it. But um, we're a small country, small population, long way away from everywhere. I think we're the furthest from uh, – uh, than anybody. And um, that means that market forces will play their part doesn't matter who's in charge. Market forces will play their part. Just getting stuff here costs more. Uh, there are airlines. That was another one that um, that uh, I thought of. Airlines um, had us for years. Now we've got lots of airlines, and you can actually fly to various parts of the world at um, quite reasonable prices, but you can't do it within the country. You still get screwed in internally. So we're being fleeced, if you like, on the internal flights. And... Um, Probably if it's the same everywhere when it comes to – if you want to jump on a plane at any given time, like you decide now that you need to go to London for some reason, you've got to pay full fare. You're not going to get a deal because it's not the way that it works. If you want to book it ahead, then that's when you – or book when the, um, when the specials are on, then you can get some, some good prices. So you get the picture. Now, where does all this, um, where does all this go then as far as we're concerned? We're still a small country down the bottom end of the world.
0: Uh, that being said, do we still get a lunch break? This was what a lot of people wanted to know. Apparently, it's, it's basically a thing of the past, the, the lunch break. Uh, here's what Andrew Dickens thinks about it. The
3: modern workplace is a far different thing to the ones we had in the 60s and the 70s. Do you remember them? You know, 9 to 5, overtime, the 10am smoko, the 12pm lunch break, Today, every workplace is looking for what makes everything work best for every stakeholder. Employees are choosing when they're going to have their lunch. Employers are saying, well, look, could you do your lunch around about this time? The old precepts that are still ingrained in our employment legislation, along things such as smokos and lunch breaks and meeting times and all that, often cause problems as we try to fit square pegs and round holes. The retail stouches over meeting times and breaks and then people complaining about people taking personal phone calls or looking at social media and work times, they're all hangovers from a simpler time when everything was figured out on hours worked. Similarly, the mental gymnastics required these days to calculate holiday pay and entitlements when all our framework is built on hours is exhausting and unproductive. The reality is the modern world these days looks more at outputs rather than hours of attendance. And to that end, the negotiation between employer and employee has never been more important in history in terms of figuring out each other's expectations and obligations. And it's part of the reason why I think that Labor Minister Ian Lee's Galloway's push for industry-wide negotiations, big old collective agreements, and awards, if you like, makes little sense. Because these days, not only is every workplace different, but every worker is too.
0: The the only real problem I have with people uh, eating at work, well, there's a few problems, isn't there? The main thing is it's a hygiene thing. Um, Phones, keyboards, um, your mouse, your desk, and then food in the mouth. It's just... uh, What
4: does Tim think? Long lunches. Long lunches, definitely a thing of the past. Now it seems that uh, any kind of lunch is becoming a bit of a bonus at some workplaces. In Australia, nearly three-quarters of people do not take their full break. About one in ten has no lunch break at all, according to Hayes, the recruitment outfit. They say only 28% actually down tools for a full break most days. Some just take half Yet there's evidence that productivity overall is actually better when you get out of the office and away from your desk. I'm pretty sure you get very similar results here. And part of it at the moment, though, this current culture seems to be down to the idea that you have to be seen to be at your desk at all times. Or there's muttering, you know, he's not pulling his way. And I think these hideous open plan sweatshops that businesses are into these days have something to do with it. Hayes actually says it. In some business co- cultures, I quote, there's been an unwritten rule. You need to be visible, even though it's unhealthy and it is counterproductive. Plenty of evidence. Some people take no break, according to Hayes Managing Director Nick Dele As a member of an individual team, isn't one in a team, it's difficult to be the odd one out. Everyone's watching. There's maybe even a bit of muttering. But bugger it, you know, we really do need to stick up for ourselves a bit more. And maybe once the head honchos start to realise we actually do more work and better work when we take a break, they'll start to encourage us instead of tut-tut. It's about your mental health and work-life balance. Yeah, my
0: whole whole life is a, a, a lunch, basically... Uh, When I go home because I work These hours like I'm sitting here in the middle of the night talking to myself. No talking to you I mean Uh, And then I go home and then it's basically lunchtime from that point on So is that good work-life balance or am I unbalanced? Not sure. Uh, What is Marcus, where where is his balance? Uh, uh, What movies has he been watching over the school holidays? I finally succumbed and went to the Paw
5: Patrol movie today. Gee, it was bad. It was just dreadful. It was short and poorly thought out. The kids loved it. Although I wasn't quite sure what they loved. I said, which bit did you love? And Denver said, all of it. So there we go. It was his first movie sat right through. But gee, Dad nearly didn't. Had my phone on dim trying to read news articles. I was so bored. It was dreadful. Don't know how much money it's grossed. I probably could look it up. It was a cartoon. It wasn't claymation. There was not one laugh in it. You know how sometimes you watch a kid's movie and it's quite humorous? Like Ninjago. Well, certainly, Paw Patrol, there was not one laugh. There was nothing. Normally, there's something for an adult, like an aside or, or a kind of a, a witty comment. It was just woeful. So there's just one day of the holidays next. Please, 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 please don't
0: spend that last day watching the Paw Patrol movie. You see, this is where he's gone wrong. Uh, Just because they're kids doesn't mean they have to watch kids' movies. I think you'll find uh, they find movies with explosions and aliens and uh, car chases and people uh, shooting each other and having sex with each other uh, just as interesting as animated stupid movies with no plots. I'm Glen ZB. That's my parenting advice for the weekend. Uh, That has been News Talk ZB, and I'll see you back here again on Monday.